Let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. All right, welcome, Laura, to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, me too. I'm glad you're here. So let's start off. Let's let's talk a little bit about your story and you know who who you work with, what you help them accomplish. Sure. Um, so a little bit of background. I got into functional medicine about four years ago now. I was experiencing burnout myself at my job, um, really high stress in Los Angeles, running a sales team, a startup community that was just kind of massive growth. And I was looking around me, just noticing it wasn't just me burning out, but my entire team. Um, at the same time, our CEO was kind of often bragging about only getting four hours of sleep a night and how productive he was and just kind of like wasn't adding up in my head. So at that same time, I actually attended a work seminar about innovation and health and found the term functional medicine and just really gravitated towards it. So that started my journey and changed my entire professional direction. Um, I started going to the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy almost immediately, graduated, um, became a board certified health and wellness coach, and here I am today. And I'm super lucky that I get to coach um, entrepreneurs, uh, high, high functioning executives that just have a lot on their plate, as well as really busy parents who just can't afford to take their foot off the gas, kind of. They all, they all have that in common, right? Uh, no, no time for a sick day, no time to kind of take, take a day off of themselves. Yeah. I can totally relate to your story too. (laughs) Like I, before I started my own company, I worked for a company where they expected you to take your laptop home on the weekend and people (laughs) were sending emails at midnight and 1am and (laughs) it's not a healthy thing. And you know, the funny thing is I thought, starting a business, becoming an entrepreneur, I'd have all this extra freedom, right? (laughs) And what are the, what are the (laughs) things that entrepreneurs really experience? What's the truth? Yeah, I think there's, there's quite a few kind of trends, um, for lack of a better way of putting it that I found with all of those, you know, entrepreneurial types that I work with. So a lot of it revolves around not prioritizing themselves first, Like you said, you know, you think you have more flexibility in it being yours, but it ends up being yours all of the time. Uh, So whether it's a company of one or several, they're all dependent on you. And, you know, for the company to move forward, it's all about you. So maybe taking your work home with you, not really prioritizing friend or family time the right way. So putting yourself last in all kinds of ways, chronic stress, whether that's financial, business stress, fundraising, you know. And then just like your day-to-day activity. A lot of times entrepreneurs find themselves sitting right here in front of their computer for hours and they look up and they realize, oh, it's dinner time or lunchtime, you know, whatever it might be. And they haven't gotten up to even move their body, much less get some fresh water, right? Stretch those, those basic things that we all need to do. So I just think it all boils down to really not prioritizing yourself. And at the end of the day, how can your company thrive if you're not thriving as a human, right? So taking care of your brain and your body are priority number one to have the best optimized company too. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's try to illustrate this to people. Yeah. What, 
do you think is the most extreme case study or, or experience that one of your clients has, has gone through where they may have resisted this at first, like, no, you know, the job's got to get done. I don't have time to prioritize myself. Mm. And then what do you see on the other side when they started making some of these changes that we'll talk about today? Yeah, that's funny. So a big part of coaching, very different than a lot of other professions, even consultants, right? Um, Doctors, things like that, that are more uh, prescriptive. Coaching uh, is really all about meeting your client where they are. So great example. Uh, A few weeks back, I met with a client and he was telling me exactly what you just said. I love what you're talking about. I like this idea. I know I should do it, but I don't even see how I'm going to fit in the hour to meet with you. You know, how am I supposed to focus on this when I need to be looking at the business? So I kind of use the analogy. I'm like, it sounds to me like you're kind of like that car that's driving and driving and driving, but you're on empty and you're not stopping to pull over to get gas. You're going to break down, right? So that's kind of a dramatic analogy. But ultimately, I met him where I was and we talked about what's the highest leverage thing we could do that would take the least amount of time. And for him, he's someone that stays up all crazy hours of the night, uh, you know, single guy who, who maybe doesn't have those extra responsibilities that I have or you have with families. So he's able to maybe work till two or three in the morning and he's not able to sleep. And so we made one simple change with him purchasing blue light glasses. Mm-hmm. So that's basically just going to shield your eyes um, from blue light, which blue light basically sucks the melatonin from you, which means you're not able to relax. You're not able to fall asleep comfortably, right? So your por- your quality of sleep is much poorer and your actually quantity of sleep is going to be much less. So that simple change was able to call me back and say, ah, five minutes later, got the glasses. I'm wearing them all the time now. I don't have eye fatigue, which is a, a big thing now with so many Zoom calls happening uh, more recently. So, I mean, small anecdotal story of just small changes, meeting your client where they are can really make a big impact on their life. Yeah. I love those blue light glasses. I'm not wearing them right now, but, um, all the time. Yeah. I was like, yours are really cute. For, oh, okay. for those of us who can't see her, <laughs> it'll be on YouTube, but um, 10 bucks on Amazon, $10 on Amazon. So cute. Very cute. Um, and yeah. And I also found the shoulders tend to relax a little bit more too. Like you don't have as much shoulder pain. Um, I finally broke down and got some too, because, <laughs> because of that just exactly what you're talking about. So what are some other small changes that those of us listening here today can make that could create some big changes in our lives? Yes. I love sharing all the little things because that's really what it is. It's not like having to reinvent yourself or go back to your calendar and say, I've got to do all these things. I've got to change my entire life around to, to be better right? It's all about those small things. So before I hit on kind of what those, what those few things are, I really think it's important to share a message um, that's really important for me to talk about with clients. And it's just letting you know how empowered you are with your well-being. Because a lot of people believe that they're hereditary, the genes that they have, that's going to dictate their health span, right? How healthy they are for the lifetime, for their lifetime rather. Um, and what's really interesting is that your genes and your hereditary only make up 16%. So you have 84% to play with that's all based on lifestyle and environment. That means, you know, little things like drinking water, getting to sleep on time. What's your air quality like? You know, how, what's the quality of your water? Are you using a filter? Are you using tap? You know, little tiny things that really start to add up to a massive ROI of totally revolutionizing your, 
decision-making, your clarity, uh, your energy, your mood level. So they really do have a big impact. Um, so that's something, you know, I always kind of get on my soapbox about is you are in control. You are the CEO of your health and you have all this great power to turn on and off your gene expressions by, you know, every time you drink a soda or, you know, barrel through only on four hours of sleep or use shampoo that's loaded with chemicals or, you know, have a huge stress bomb happen at work, you know, you're putting all these like negative genes into action and the more you eat organic leafy greens or get a good night's sleep or use chemical-free products, makeup, shampoos, whatever it might be, deodorant, laugh with your friends, do a little yoga, you know, you're enlarging all of the positive parts in your body, which is really going to help you thrive long-term. So I don't know if that really answers your question. I mean, more specifically, the things that I like to focus on first are environmental um, because changing your environment in little ways can actually impact turning off autoimmune disorders you know, regulating mood, um, regulating your hormones. So we're talking about simple things as far as cleaning out your air by getting air purifiers in the most, the two uh, most important areas, I would say to put an air filter, your bedroom and your workspace, just because naturally that's, you know, where you are for a consistent amount of time, the longest, um, but also just focusing on taking chemicals out of your routine. Um, the average woman, I believe the last statistic on the EWG site said, puts on 20 chemicals before she walks out the door to go to work every day between mascara, shampoo, hair products, deodorant, perfumes, you know, everything that we're kind of loading on ourselves as females is a little bit more than the average guy, which maybe has three or four. So there's a lot that we can be, that can be done. I don't want to overwhelm people with, you know, the whole list, but it's just about looking at what, you know, your life, what your habits are and what are some things we can do to elevate them. Yeah, that's so great. I remember around the time that uh, I was pregnant with my first child and that started me really looking at, okay, what are the chemicals we have around our house before I, I guess I might've just prioritized it last. Like I didn't really think about it. I knew about it. I had awareness of it, but Mm -hmm. it's quite a different thing when you start thinking about a little baby, that's going to be crawling around the house on the floor that you might've just used some kind of chemical on. And yes, I mean, why, why, why does it have to, why do we have to wait until, you know, we're afraid for our loved ones? Like we're the most important person really not in a selfish way, but like without us, our businesses don't run, you know, mm-hmm. that we, we can't make the impact or get our message out. Our health is number one. It's so true. Funny to your point there about not really having it all clicked to your pregnant. Um, my husband is my greatest client. Um, he's had a million positive changes happen just from listening to the things that I say that I'm even not as great at following as, as he is. But to that point, when I was pregnant with my firstborn, you know, you start looking at everything. It says not for pregnancy, you know, don't use if you're pregnant, all that stuff. And my husband started looking at me going, if you're not supposed to using it, why should I be using it? Like, exactly. Why? Like, wait a minute. What's so like, hold on. If it's not good, if you're pregnant, like no one should be using it. And to that point, you know, it's true. We shouldn't be loading our, our bodies with mercury, right? That's like one of the number one things when you're pregnant, no sushi, right? No raw food. So it's just about being mindful about, okay, you're looking at listeria and lunch meat. You're looking at mercury in your fish, just focusing on higher quality things and, you know, removing those chemicals. Yeah. That's so, so important. So, um, talk to me about, uh, the biggest disruptions to your health. Mm. 
Yeah. So number one, we kind of already touched on in my mind, it's environmental. The second is sleep. So um, it's actually interesting. Uh, David, uh, Dr. David Perlmutter is fascinating. He just wrote a new book called Brainwash. I highly recommend it. Mm. But um, it's, it's about washing your brain, right? The things that happen. So when you're sleeping, your brain actually goes through a wash cycle. So imagine your dishwasher, your laundry machine, if you don't wait for it to finish and you open it up, it's not done, right? The, the job is not done. It the needs suds to spill out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the job is not complete. So the same actually happens when you're sleeping. Uh, our sleep cycles are just 90 minutes and you need five of those. So five of those, I'll do the math for you. It's seven and a half hours of sleep that we all need a night for a proper wash of our brains. That's cleaning our genes out, all of the kind of gunk toxicity from the day. Our brain is actually regenerating, right? So creating those new cells, rewiring, you know, memories, like all those things are happening while we sleep. It's, it's really, really fascinating. I, again, got to check out that book if you have time. So um, with that being said, it's all about how do we get that sleep? Because with good sleep, you're going to have clear decision-making, which again, going back to the clientele I work with, right? Busy parents, entrepreneurs, they need their decision-making. So whether you're making life-saving choices with your child, you know, at home every day, or, you know, you're going into a meeting for fundraising, you need to be kind of on your A game, right? So why don't we all want that? doesn't matter if you're those two demographics or not. We should all want our best, highest level of decision-making, of clarity. Um, it also affects your mood intensely if you're not getting proper sleep. So there's a lot of things you can do for that. But again, number one, easiest thing, focus on blue light glasses. Um, there's something called sleep hygiene that I kind of walk through with all of my clients and, and ask them. And I'm like, how's your sleep hygiene? They normally look at me like I'm crazy. Like, what is that? And I say, you know, it's number one, the non-negotiables, right? The things like washing your face, brushing your teeth that we all know we do to get ready for bed. That typically happens maybe 20, 30 minutes before we jump into bed. But it actually, sleep hygiene maybe starts as early as two hours before bed. Uh, one thing to really consider with my clients to, to help them with optimal sleep is looking at you know exercise, food, and alcohol. So exercising four hours um, before bed or earlier, I'm sorry, or closer to bedtime actually increases your body temperature. It's really gonna stop you from getting a good night's sleep. It can actually cause nightmares if your body temperature is too high. So you might wake up feeling just cut, like you know disoriented, um, not getting that quality sleep. So that's one thing to just make a quick change, just work out earlier. Another great tip for, for better sleep, again, blue light glasses, if you are going to be looking at your screens or try to eliminate all screen time, you know, 90 minutes before bed. Um, and then lastly, there is food, just making sure that you're getting high quality food. You're not eating too close to bedtime. You know, you don't want to eat within two hours of sleep because then you're digesting and processing rather than resting. So that's really uh, important. And I mentioned alcohol there too. Uh, alcohol, there's a quick math equation. Um, that's a little hack for anybody. It's one hour per glass. So you want to finish your wine if you're having one glass at least an hour before bed. Two glasses, finish it by two hours before bed. So you can just kind of keep counting back depending on how many bottles you're having. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's just like an easy math. Um, a lot of people have a misconception. You know, I remember in college, you drink alcohol, it's real easy to go to sleep, right? You basically pass out, right? It's kind of a way of thinking about it, but it's actually really hindering your quality of sleep. So while it's a little bit of a misconception, alcohol helps you go to sleep, it's giving you such a bad quality of sleep. And normally you do wake up um, a few times in the middle of the night. So it's just... Not, not a good option for trying to get to bed. 
So what about caffeine? I, it's funny (laughs) at these restaurants, the waitress or waiter always offers coffee with your dinner. I always thought that was so strange. I'm not a coffee (laughs) drinker, but talk to us about that. I mean, people could be drinking soda right before bed or matcha or whatever. So yes, yes. So I, I mean, I do love matcha and I have a lot of great things. We can talk about that, but I will say caffeine in general, the, the kind of rule of thumb, scientifically proven there is that if you want to, you want to ease up by two o'clock in the afternoon, just because it takes a little while to get out of your system. That's just to ensure that it doesn't affect your sleep. I mean, some people, me included, I can have an espresso at 10 o'clock and I could probably go right to sleep. So I know for my mom, for example, she used to be really careful that her iced tea is not even caffeinated. So I think it's, you know, really dependent on the person. Everyone's so different, but again, the rule of thumb is kind of cut off caffeine by two o'clock just to kind of ease out of that. If you need a, you know, pick me up midday, it's funny, you know, even getting a little bit of sunshine right now, weather across the country is, is pretty good uh, for, for the next couple of weeks, hopefully for everybody. And, you know, getting five to, to 15 minutes of sunlight can be equivalent to a power nap. So there's a lot of things you can do beyond just, you know, reaching for that mid afternoon cup of coffee as a pick me up. Yeah. And, and I, I bet movement also helps. You mentioned that like a lot of mm-hmm. us are sitting at our computers And one thing that I started doing, it might've been inspired by you or a previous conversation that we had. Um, But, you know, as I finish a project or um, uh, between tasks, you know, it's like I finished Mm -hmm. something about to start something else. I have an elliptical in the other room and I just get on that for like 10 minutes and it feels so great. It's like, it almost, it does almost feel like I'm washing my brain (laughs) in a way. (laughs) No, I'm not sleeping. Right. But that's, that's really been helpful to me too. Yeah. I think, you know, I've even gone through this myself. Like I said, I'm still, you know, everyone's a work in progress. Movement really is the magical pill to fix any ailment, you know, medical or physical, uh, or I'm sorry, mental or physical. You know, if a doctor could put all of the wonderful benefits of exercise into a pill, it'd be the next greatest thing. Um, you know, exercise, for example, increases time spent in deep sleep. So that's something else that helps boost immunity, helps your system just kind of operate better. Um, it helps with stress, anxiety, restoring muscles more effectively. So, I mean, movement is, is so key. It's so really, you know, amazing. There's, there's endless benefits to it, but, you know, Nowadays, you know, coming out of COVID, it, a lot of people spent so much time at home and just didn't feel the motivation or the energy to work out, even though they maybe had more time to do it. So even little things like spending 15 minutes giving your house a deep clean or whatever it might be has the same impact of, you know, generating endorphins because really the reason why exercise is so amazing for you is that it's, um, you know, moving your blood, it's kicking new oxygen up to your brain. So it's really getting things activated and kind of cleaning out your system a little bit more and really repairing. Like I said, it's really boosting your immunity, boosting your mood, helping you reduce anxiety. It's going to help you sleep better at night and help you get into that deep sleep again. So, I mean, even walking in nature, whatever it is that you can do on bad weather days, like using that elliptical you mentioned, or even on good weather days, if you only have a few minutes, those are great ways to kind of boost your mood and kind of reset your energy. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's been pretty life-changing, I would say, to do that <laughs> during the day. You know, usually it's like work out in the morning or the evening, but like just mm-hmm. to integrate it throughout the day or, or go outside and barefoot and get in the yes. dirt or the grass, yeah. you know, that even better than grounding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe some science that you know about it. 
Yeah. I mean, grounding has been phenomenal just for us as a family too, but the best type of grounding you can really do is we have access to a beach is just to walk along the waterline. There's a lot of science behind it that I'm not fit to discuss in detail right now, but I highly recommend looking it up online, but the positive and negative ions that are, you know, in us and in the water and what happens walking along the waterline with just regenerating your, your body cells is really, really fascinating. In fact, it's something that I'm really interested to dive into more, but we do that a lot as a family, but even just finding time to walk outside, you know, it's a mixture of right sunlight, nature, all the things that kind of reset our mood again, kind of, it it all goes back to the same, you know, five or six things of mood, energy, hormone levels, you know, how you're feeling, how you sleep, all the things that really help you thrive in life. It all comes from these, you know, pinnacle kind of points of functional medicine, which revolve around, you know, community, being out in nature, hydrating, you know, your nourishment, taking good care of yourself, you know, all those basic foundational things that, that matter in life. Yeah. You mentioned functional medicine. So what exactly is that? What, what makes up, what are the pillars of functional medicine? Yes. Good question. So functional medicine may be new um, for some or not, but there's really five pillars, like you said, and it's nutrition, movement, sleep, uh, stress and relaxation is kind of one and the same and then community. So who's in your corner, who's supporting you, who are your loved ones? Um, It could be a spiritual group. It could be your work community. It could be, um, you know, anything that's in your life that you really gain, you know, some sort of joy out of. And so those are really the five pillars. And so for nutrition, you're diving down into, um, you know, what kinds of foods are you eating? How processed are they? The water that you're drinking, you know, adaptogens, herbs, you know, all those things that kind of have a positive impact on your body and how can we optimize that movement? Um, you know, the CDC, a thing that we're all familiar with, especially right now, but the CDC kind of has a basic standard that we all need 150 minutes a week at a bare minimum to really be optimized with our our fitness and our health and our life to, you know, mitigate disease and things like that. So, you know, that's just 30 minutes a day, five days a week. We can all fit that in if we want to. So like what you're doing, you know, you could do several five or 15 minute spurts of of in-home workout, you know, or you could take, you know, a one great walk a day, you know, and just kind of making it more of a ritual to to fit into your life. And obviously sleep revolves around getting that seven and a half plus hours. And then stress and relaxation comes back to um, something that I'm really passionate about, but mind-body techniques. So that could be yoga, meditation, breath work. I always kick off every one of my client sessions with um, a simple breath exercise to kind of reduce anxiety, reset, and just kind of allow for us both to be present in that call or in that meeting. And and that always really helps. It's something that you have with you all the time that you can take with you. Can we do one? Can we do that so people can try it? Okay. And it's okay if they're driving, it it would be all right to do? Yes. um, We'll do one that's just really simple. So I'll briefly mention the three most impactful. So there's box breathing, which is actually a Navy SEAL kind of secret tip um, that they do. They do it for 90 seconds. So we won't, you won't do that right now, but box breathing is four, 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 four. So just imagine kind of making a square with your hand. You're going to go in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. And if you do that for 90 seconds, it's really supposed to reset your nervous system. Oh, nice. That's a great tool. Again, you just always have with you, right? Just making that more of a habit, fitting that into your day. 
The other one that um, we won't do right now in case anyone's driving or, you know, pregnant, there's this one just a little bit harder to do um, for anyone that may have pre-existing conditions, but it's called four, seven, eight. So you're going to inhale for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight. It's okay if you don't nail down the seven seconds and eight seconds, your first couple of breaths, because that's a little bit harder to work up to. But that is such an amazing technique to do right before bed. If you're someone that mm. struggles with insomnia or just has a little bit of anxiety right now, unable to get to sleep easily, do three rounds of that breath. And it really, really helps put you into almost like a, just a really relaxed state. So that's a great one. And then the one that we can do, um, a little bit more simple, you can do it if you're driving, is just the six-six. So you can do five rounds of this to equate to a minute, or we can just do one breath of it if you want. Yeah, let's do one breath of it okay. so everyone can try it. Yeah, so go ahead and let all the breath out. I'm going to do it too. So get down to neutral. And then we're just going to inhale. Six, five, four, three, two, one. And exhale. Six, five, four three, two, one. That's nice. And how many rounds of that do you usually suggest? So I just recommend five rounds just because it adds up to one minute. It's just really easy. The six, six is simple. You don't have to keep thinking about how many seconds have I done? You know, it's it's a little bit easier (laughs) to manage. So I recommend doing that one, but any of them are great. They all have kind of their different reasons, Um, but you can always you know, research this, go online and type in breathwork, mindful breathwork. I, I write a lot about this on my website, Wealthier. So feel free to check that out. But it's really fascinating. And I love breathwork just because like I said, it's a tool you have with you all the time, right? Yeah, totally. And I feel like it's one of these secret tools. I, I read a book once about breathing hmm. and there were the breath work. And it was interesting because there were a couple of case studies about how people even lost weight or released weight without even doing anything else, just getting more oxygen in their bodies. Mm-hmm. Does this sound far out to you? Well, no, because there's also an element to creating more mindfulness in your life. So, um, one thing I really love about breath work is that you can kind of build it as a habit. So I always like to tie it. It's called habit stacking. I like to tie it to something that's a non-negotiable, right? It could be something as basic as like every time I open up my email or every time I go into a meeting, every time I flush the toilet, like whatever it is in your day that just happens automatically. Um, every time you do that habit or that automatic you know, anchor is really how, what, it, what it would be called you do a breathing exercise, right? So you do the six, six breathing, one round of it, whatever it is, or a minute if you want. And that's just going to help you be more mindful throughout your day. And so what you're mentioning, it doesn't sound that crazy to me. I'd love to hear more about it, you know, read up on it. But um, creating more mindfulness allows you to be more mindful when you do other things too. So yeah, yeah, and getting more oxygen into your your bloodstream, into your body makes sense that that could be, you know, somehow related. Yeah. So it's a book called, I I don't remember the name actually. I I can put it in the show notes, but it's by Pam Grout. So, um, it was interesting. And she actually had a case study about Tony Robbins and how he was able to release some extra weight. Not that he really needs to, but it was an interesting case study. Nonetheless, Um, it's interesting because all of these pillars of functional medicine that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. they really could be wrapped up into this phrase that's super trendy right now self-care. Oh, yes. See, and I think a lot of people think self-care is selfish or it's about painting your nails or, or getting your (laughs) hair done. 
And that's yes. not it at all, right? Well, I don't want to judge. You know, it could be for some that really could set you off and, and just totally help you in, in a lot of ways. But but really, self-care is, is more than a face mask, right? It, it's about taking time for yourself um, and being mindful of yourself. And I hate to be cliche, but coming back to that traditional, you know, analogy of being, you know, the flight attendant, right? Put on your oxygen mask first before you help anybody else, right? We have to be at our best before we can give anything to our business, our family, you know, whatever it might be, all of our or all of our priorities really, if we're not, you know, our optimal best self. And so self-care allows you to take that time. You know, it's not about spending money. It's more about the time, right? About building in healthy habits, like drinking warm lemon water in the morning or scheduling your exercise in your calendar. So everyone knows it's happening at this time. And, you know, nothing's going to come in your way of getting that done or whatever that might be for you. Yeah. That's so great. Well, let's, let's talk about the ROI of self-care and functional medicine. Let's talk about that. Like, give us, give us some real examples, like what's possible. You know, it's interesting because before I forget the guy, but (laughs) before someone was able to run five minutes, uh, a five minute mile, no one ever did it before. And then once we knew it was possible, who was it? I don't remember, but I think oh. it's a four minute mile. Four yes. minute mile. Yeah, whatever. Whatever it is, right? It's like we don't know that we can do it until someone else does it and we know what's possible. So let's talk about what's possible. Let's talk about some of these um stories and you don't have to use names, but just some stories of of some transformation that has happened when people adopt these principles in their life. Yeah, I love that. Um, so one of my more recent, you know, really wins that I just love the story. Um, I was working with a client who was actually on medical leave. She was in her first month of being out of work because she was struggling with uh, across the gamut. I mean, there was, um, IBS, there was anxiety, there was just like really insomnia issues. There was just a lot happening. Um, and she had seen two specialists, as well as her primary care doctor, and all three had recommended medicine. She was like, I'm not interested in, you know, taking pills. And she had the forethought to, she knew who I was. She reached out. She said, I want to figure this out with food. I want to try an elimination diet. And I fully support that. I'm like, great. How can I help you? And so we worked together to figure out her best way of, of approaching it. And an elimination diet, for anyone that's not familiar, is really getting down to the basics of your food and really just focusing on what you're consuming and, and focusing primarily on organic leafy greens, you know, vegetables, fruit, um, really healthy, um, high quality meats and things like that. And so you're really taking out any highly processed foods, um, anything that really comes in a container uh, as well as, as sugar. So just by eliminating really those two things, gluten and sugar, she was not only able to fix her sleep, fix, you know, her IBS issues, fix her anxiety, but she was able to get back to work. And this all happened within 14 or 15 days. So, I mean, just traumatic transformations can happen where, you know, she wrote this amazing thing saying, oh, you know, Coach Laura gave me my life back, which is, you know, an extreme. But, but in reality, she was feeling at such a loss, but she knew there was something more to it. She wanted to get to the root cause. And that's why she reached out because that's functional medicine in a nutshell. It's getting down to the root cause. It's not, you know, putting a bandaid on it with a pill. I mean, yes, medicine is amazing. And I I don't know what we would do without our medical team, right? MDs are are perfect for acute injuries, for surgeries, for emergencies. But when it comes to nutrition and looking at the whole person, that's not necessarily the best place to look. So she was able to find me. 
we connected, got her through this. And like I said, you know, with just over two weeks time, she had totally fixed it. So talking about the ROI, right? The real, you know, what happened there is we got her back to work. We got her company to save a ton of money from paying out her medical leave and losing their top salesperson in the process. And, you know, she was able to fix a gamut of issues that, you know, were really worrying her. And she thought she was going to be on this medicine for the foreseeable future. So there's a lot of, you know, amazing cases like that, but that one I love because it was just the simple notion of taking sugar and gluten out of her diet. So there's a lot to be said for just looking at the small things in life and, and really kind of taking each person as a whole and figuring out exactly what they need. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, first for, for a diagnosis that could seem like a, a death sentence almost, like I've right. got to now live my life a different way. And I'm saying goodbye to these other ways of living, like in a way it, it, it kind of feels like that to be totally like transformed in 14 days. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. It's very cool just to see how I can help empower people with a little bit of information and a little bit of guidance. They do the work, right? Like me as the coach, I can only give you the roadmap, the tools, but you've got to take the steps up the mountain, you know, so to speak. So to see her be able to do that so quickly in 14 days, just because she was like, no, I'm not going to take this laying down. I'm not going to get on medicine and do all that. And to really be able to kind of get her life back to normal and to feel better than ever is just really cool because now she's empowered to know what she can do to kind of shift and make those changes to feel even better. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, let, let's, um, let's start to wrap up, uh, how can people learn more about you? And then after that, why don't you share a final thought or a final nugget of wisdom with us and then right. we'll end. Okay, cool. So, I mean, the easiest way to find me is to Google wealthier, um, go to W E L L T H I E R.com. You'll see my website there. Um, I'm at wealthier.com and you can log in, request your invite right there on the, on the homepage to get your superhuman immunity guide. So that's my free gift to you guys right now. I think it's the most pertinent, most important to understand how you can best take care of yourself so you never get sick again, right? That's the goal. So it's something you can share with everyone in your family. Feel free to download it, print it, whatever, hang it on your fridge. It's, it's really, really insightful. It's about 13 pages of great information to help you you know, make your home really optimized for, for health and well-being as well as your body. Um, and then beyond that, I'm offering everyone that's watching uh, $50 off to any of my classes or master classes coming this summer. So you can use the um, code MindMuse. It'll be in the notes. And um, beyond that, I think that's it as far as how you can reach out. You can also obviously find me on social, but I'm most active on my website and definitely sign up for the newsletter there. Um, and then my final thought, you know, I said it in the beginning here, but it's so true. I'm really not here to, to revolutionize or make anyone feel overwhelmed by too many changes that they need to do. All I really want to do as a coach and my mission is to empower you to just bring more of you out into the world, right? I want you to be, do, create, experience, love, give, you know, all that you have. And the only way we can all do that is if we're feeling our very best. So that's my, my last final tip is just start to make those tiny little changes that you can fit into your life. I promise they're going to have a huge ROI on your health span, on your overall, overall well-being and the way you function in life. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, 
helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.